Father, have your way. Speak through your servant and bless your people. Give us devoted hearts, Lord, as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please take your seat. So our theme for this year is the wholehearted devotion. A wholehearted devotion. So we are doing a series for this month. We started January. So we so January and February, we're doing this wonderful series titled The Devoted. The Devoted. So we are on part five of The Devoted. Um, so we are looking at the word devoted as an acronym, as a seven-letter acronym. D-E-V-O-T-E-D. Today we are on T. T. And uh, so we are examining the wholehearted Christian. If you are wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord, what are your characteristics? And so far we've studied um, four characteristics. Last week we said the O stands for order, orderliness. When you are wholeheartedly devoted Christian, you develop the habits, the conduct that brings God, that brings God the glory that He deserves. Today we are looking at T. T, and uh, that is the wholehearted Christian is tried, is tried and tested. The wholehearted Christian is tried and tested. So today I'm talking on tried and tested. Our logo is shown there. Now go back, let's see the logo for this year. Our logo this year is this. If you don't have the logo, you need to get it on your phone, on your DP, everywhere. That it will remind you of our theme for this year. 100% commitment. Our anchor scripture, our theme scripture for the year is First Chronicles 28 and the verse 9. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. If you forsake him, he will reject you forever. That's our anchor scripture. So now let's look at our title for today. Tried and tested. Tried and tested. James chapter 1. The verse 2 and 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Two key words I want us to consider from this scripture. Trials and faith. Trials and faith. Let me begin by looking at what faith is. So, what is faith? And why is your faith tried? And how important is faith in your relationship with God? And I need you to follow me because God has a word for you. Amen? Say, I believe that God has a word for me. Amen. So, what is faith? 
Number one, a strong belief in the existence of God, which manifests itself in diligent seeking. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. In the other version it says, who diligently seek him. When you come to God, you must believe that God exists. Now, have you ever mislaid something that you are sure of where you put it? Let's say money is missing and you are sure that you put it in the bedroom. The diligence and the conviction with which you look for the money in the bedroom it's not the same if you are not sure of where you put it. If you have a doubt between the living room and the bedroom, where did I put this money? So you come to the bedroom, you look for it for a while. If you don't find it, you leave it. You go to the hall. And then you ask, oh, maybe I left it in my car. And then you go to the car. Oh, I left it in the office. And then you go to sleep. It's okay, I'll find it in the office. Tomorrow, I'll look for it in the office. But if you are sure and you believe that the money was kept in your bedroom, you seek for the money with diligence. You will turn everything upside down and you will look for it with diligence. When you believe that something exists, your pursuit of that thing is different if you have doubt whether the thing exists or not. If you believe that God exists and he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, your pursuit of God is different. We seek God by faith. We pray to him by faith. That's why to the carnal mind, spiritual things are foolishness. Because the carnal mind will ask you, have you seen God before? The white people came to deceive you. Have you seen God before? You see, the Christian life is the life of faith. Were you there when the world was created? No! But the Bible says God created the heavens and the earth. And you believe it. So when you believe that God is there, and he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, your attitude toward God is different. Amen. So when you see some believers whose attitude towards God is lukewarm, please don't ever think that all of us sitting here, we believe that God exists. Sometimes some people here doubt it. Sometimes some people don't see the essence of praying because they don't even believe that there's a God who will answer them. 
Some people don't seek God. They don't serve God diligently. They don't work diligently. When we say fasting and prayer, they don't see the need. When we say so winning, let's go out and win souls. They don't see the need because they have doubts whether God exists or not. So all these things we are doing, if you die and there is no God, what do you do? When you start asking these questions, it affects your commitment to God. When you don't believe that God rewards those who diligently seek him, it affects your commitment to God. That's why God, the Bible said that if you come to God, you must believe that he is. You should not see him before you believe. The foundation of your relationship with God is faith. And it's the only way you can please God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. The second definition of faith. Faith is believing that God will keep his promise. Believing that God will keep his promise. Hebrews 11, 11. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. So she was a 90-year-old woman, but God was able to fulfill a promise to her because she believed that God will keep his promise. The word of God is a promise of God to you. If you do not believe what the Bible says God is, who God is, what the Bible says God can do for you, then you don't have faith. But the wholehearted, devoted Christian is a man of faith. It's the man and a woman that believes that every promise of God, God is able and God is willing to fulfill it. You are sick and you say by his stripes, I am healed. You don't have money and you say he became poor so that I will be rich. You just have to believe it. That is the basis of our relationship with God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. There are three withouts in the book of Hebrews. It will help you if you understand. Without holiness, it is impossible to see God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. <laughs> now look at Romans 4, 18 to 20. I'm reading from the Good News Bible. Hear me. And Abraham believed and hoped even when there was no reason for hoping. And so became the father of many nations. Just as the scripture says, your descendants will be as many as the stars. He was then almost 100 years. And God comes to him and God says to him, your descendants will be like the stars. By his faith, 
did not weaken when he thought of his body. But his faith did not weaken when he thought of his body. Which was already practically dead. Or of the fact that Sarah could not have children. His faith did not leave him. He did not doubt God's promise. He did not doubt God's promise. Despite the fact that he was a hundred year old man. And Sarah was a ninety year old woman. And Sarah has experienced menopause. And Sarah's womb was dead. Abraham believed in the promise of God. It was, he did not focus on his body. He did not focus on his circumstances. He did not focus on his disappointments. He focused on the promises of God. He focused on the promises of God. His faith. Faith would fill him with power. His faith filled his body. His weak body with power. And he gave praise to God. Now here, verse 21. Verse 21. Since so you go to verse 21, he was absolutely sure that God would be able to do what he had promised. He was absolutely sure that God would be able to do what he has promised. Mommy and I have built our lives on the promises of God. Anytime we face difficulties, we go through the scriptures, we find a promise of God, we stand on it, we pray, we believe, and we see God at work. And we see God at work. Satan operates in the atmosphere of fear. God operates in the atmosphere of faith. And every devoted Christian knows this. That I need to be at a certain level of faith. To be able to activate the promises of God to work in my life. I pray that God will lift up your faith today. I pray that this year your faith will be lifted. Let me show you examples of faith. Examples of faith. Faith at work. Examples of faith. Abraham. Let's look at Abraham again. Hebrews 11 verse 8. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed. When God called him to leave home and go to another land. That God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Wow. God comes to Abraham and says to Abraham, at the age of 75, and then he tells Abraham, leave your father's house, leave the people you have grown with, because I want to show you something. And God has not shown him. But God says, I will show you. And Abraham says, I believe you. I don't have to see it before I obey you. The foundation of obedience is faith. Leave and I will show you. Abraham said, yes, sir. I am following you. You are faithful God. You keep to your promises. I can trust you. So I am following you. God says, leave your boyfriend. He said, oh God, who will take care of me? Leave fraud. God, if I leave fraud, who will take care of me? God says, leave that environment. God, but I grew up with them. How can I leave? Who will be my friend? 
You see, anytime God wants to do something major, I'll come and show you. He places a certain demand on you. He calls you to make certain bold steps. You see, what God doesn't like is for you to put one hand on your past and hold it with the other hand and say, God, if you do it, I will leave it and hold you. He wants you to believe him. Leave everything and just give him your two hands. Lift up your two hands to him and say, Lord, carry me through. Carry me through. When mommy and I came here 20-something years ago, we didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. But we believe that God who spoke to us to come to this land will meet all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. When the Lord told me to leave Europe and come to Ghana, I didn't have money on me. But he said, I have spoken to you. Your place of abundance is in Africa, not in Europe. I came to live in an uncompleted building with my beautiful wife. No water, no electricity, no toilet facilities. I left a scholarship. I left a job in the UK, a missionary job in the UK. Came empty-handed. Scholarship to Sweden. A job in the UK. I flew from Germany. I remember DC 10. The day before I left, Ghana always had, used to have, Ghana used to have a, an aircraft called DC 10. Most of you were not born. When I was back into the airport, a friend of mine who was hosting me in a German city called Wuppertal said to me, are you sure about what you are doing? I said, I'm not sure about what I'm doing, but I'm sure that I heard the voice of God. And once I've heard the voice of God, I don't have to know what I'm doing. I am convinced beyond any shadow of doubt that God spoke. And if God spoke, he will confirm his word with signs and wonders following. God is not moved by your tears. He is not moved by your pleadings. He's moved by your faith. What about Sarah? I just read to you. It was by faith. That even Sarah was able to have a child. I'm showing you the examples of faith. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed, she believed, she believed that God would be able to keep his promise. You are married only 10 years. And a child is not coming. And you are depressed, you are worried, you are moving from prophet to prophet, you are taking every concussion, even the ones that you cannot tell whether this herbalist is a ritualist or not. You are so desperate. Desperation is a sign of unbelief. It's a sign of unbelief. <laughs> Sarah 90 year old woman who would have thought that Sarah could give birth but she believed that God could keep God will keep his promise the sacrifice of Isaac Abraham again is a clear example of faith Hebrews eleven seventeen. it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him, Abraham, 
Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. You can't even pay your tithe. How can you give God your Isaac when you cannot even pay your tithe? It is an extreme lack of faith to think that if you take a tenth of your income and you give to God, you will not be able to survive the month. When his word promises that when you pay your tithe, he opens the floodgates of heaven. You cannot. Abraham was ready to offer Isaac. Listen, you cannot talk about Abraham blessings are mine, Abraham blessings are mine when you are not following the footsteps of Abraham. To obey God, it takes faith. To obey God, it takes faith. What about Moses? Hebrews 11. 24 to 27. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. How do you keep your eyes on the one who is invisible? The one that cannot be seen. Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh. Like growing up in Jubilee house. And then deciding that. Bogosu people have gotten this thing. I come from Bogosu. So I'm stopping my work in Bogosu because I'm going to preach. I'm stopping my work in Jubilee House. And I'm going to preach and console my people in Bogosu who have had accidents. I don't know where salary is going to come from. It's like living a job in the White House. And say, God says you should come to your people in a village without electricity, without water. Because God says come and you are ready to suffer for the sake of God, because by faith you can see a reward from an invisible God. The sacrifice you can make for the kingdom is determined by your faith. A lot of young people here, God is calling them to get into full time missionary work for Him. They are afraid. What will I eat? Who will take care of me? Why will I rent? Moses by faith left a palace and went to live on the wilderness for 40 years. And married a man and became his father-in-law's employee, employer. Or employee. His father-in-law's employee. And took care of the sheep for 40 years. He did not give up. He did not remember Egypt. After 40 years, God appears to him and God fulfills his promise to him. What sacrifice can you make? Whatever you can sacrifice is driven by your faith in God. So now having established what faith is and having shown you 
the examples of faith. Let me now discuss with you why God trials your faith. Why does God try your faith? So what is a trial? It is the testing within this context. It's the testing of your faith to determine the evidence of your faith. The performance of your faith. And the quality of your faith. It is very easy when everything is going right for us and we say we have faith. So sometimes God has to test our faith to see whether our faith is in him or our faith is in our success. To test to see whether your faith is in him or your faith is in your husband. To test to see whether your faith is in him or your faith is in your wife. To test to see whether your faith is in your pastor or your faith is in God. To test to see whether your faith is in your job or your faith is in God. To test you to see whether your faith is in your bank account or your faith is in God. It is very, very easy to say you have faith until you are tested. So the testing of your faith is to establish what the evidence that you have faith, the performance of your faith, and the quality of your faith. Are you here? Do you understand what I'm teaching? So the evidence of your faith. The evidence of your faith. Evidence of your faith. Protocol, make sure everybody is in the chapel. I want everybody to hear this. The evidence of your faith. How does God test you to see whether you truly have evidence? You truly have faith? Luke 8, 22 to 25. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down to have a nap. But as soon as a fierce storm came down on the lake, the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. Remember, Jesus was still inside. And they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we are, we are to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and suddenly the storm stopped. And, the, and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? How you can be in church and get very familiar with God and get familiar with everything and yet you don't know it. These people have been with Jesus and they have gotten so familiar. They saw him eat. They saw him ease himself. They saw him snore. They heard him snore while he was sleeping and they have gotten familiar with him. So guess what? God now had to test their faith by allowing storm to hit while Jesus was sleeping. If there is a storm and Jesus is sleeping, I must as well go and lie beside him. Oh yeah. One time I was flying, there were a few turbulence. And I was wondering, are we safe? And then suddenly, here was the pilot coming out of the cockpit and giving instructions. I just said, okay, if the pilot is working, then we are fine. 
If the pilot is, can leave the aircraft and come here, then we are fine. It is the same concept with which the disciples of Jesus should have said, if Jesus is sleeping in the midst of storm, then we are fine. Then we are very, very fine. We should also lie down and sleep. But they were so afraid because they have become church people, not Christians. They have become so familiar with the Lord. You know, the height of familiarity is to be in church and sleep, is to at the end of the month not pay your tithe, not support anything for God to speak out. These guys were panicking. Jesus woke up, rebuked the wind, and everything suddenly asked them, So, where is your faith? Where is your faith? I am here. I am right here. I am right here. So where is your faith? You see, your real faith, the, the evidence that your faith is strong and powerful is when Jesus suddenly releases storms into your life. When you are facing storms in your marriage, you are facing storms in your finances, you are facing storms in your work, you are facing storms in every aspect of your life. That is when God is looking for the evidence of your faith. I'm not coming to church because my husband is troubling me. I'm not coming to church because my wife is troubling me. We don't even have money to eat and you are talking about church. We don't even have money to eat you are talking about church. The storm is to reveal the evidence of your faith. Do you truly have faith? If God takes away everything you have, if your car goes away and your, your, your house goes away and everything leaves you and your health is deteriorating, will you still have faith? Will you still serve him? If he doesn't give you a husband in the next five years, will you still praise him? If you are not pregnant in the next five years, will you still be very active and serve the Lord or you will suffer from depression? What will you be doing if God does not answer your prayer the next five years? Will you show everybody the evidence of your faith? Will you still wake up in the morning, in the middle of the night, and disturb your whole house with prayer and with praise? Will you still do what you are doing? When God does doubts you, he sends storms to test the evidence of your faith. There is nothing you are going through today that God could not have stopped it. God could have stopped it. If he allowed it to happen, he is testing the evidence of your faith. He's testing the evidence of your faith. Reverend Istuanaba was getting ready to mount the pulpit and to preach. Then he got news he had, he had four children. The two girls in it have gotten an accident. They have died. Not only they, a number of young people in the church were in the car. All of them have died. You know how we are very superstitious. Hey, the man, the people who say the man has sacrificed them. Hey, the man has done this. The man has done that. When people came to me, say, Charlie, this is what has happened. Don't preach. Don't do this. He said, no, I'll preach. He came to the pulpit, preached. I was with him recently in Bolgatanga. He speaks about his children as if nothing has happened. 
there's an evidence of that man's faith. Evidence of that man's faith. Evidence of that man's faith. Lost two children in a car accident, including young people in his church the same day when he was about to mount the pulpit. What a storm. What a storm. What a storm. Instead of going, hey, my enemies have killed me, oh, and give glory to his enemies, he stood firm. God is testing my faith. He wants to see the evidence of my faith. He wants to see the evidence of my faith. You lose your job and you are in conflict with God. All the tithe we paid, all the tithe I have given. Now look at my life. Now look at my life. Now look at my life. You are fortunate that you have life to ask people to look at it. You are not saying, Look at my grave. Oh. You are not saying, look at my grave. You have life. You are asking people to look at your life. So what did I do to God? That he's blessing everybody. We all came to church at the same time. This one is married. Me, I'm not. This one has bought a car. Me, I'm not. I have worked though. I, I was in the sanctuary keepers for 25 years before somebody came in. One year, I has gotten something. The evidence of your faith is important for God. And a man who is wholeheartedly devoted to God is told so much committed, so much committed, that if you are cutting off his head and you ask him to renounce Christ, he will allow you to cut off his head. Just cut it off. I'm not going to. He will show the evidence of faith even at the point of death. This thing we call the Christian life it's not a life of luxury that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. We are fellow sufferers with Christ. He did not promise us a luxury life. He said, come and follow me through the narrow way. Through the narrow way. I understand the narrow way. Because in my hometown, the Crappings, our houses are very, very close. Our roads are very close. And when you are walking in between two houses, and you are hitting rocks, and you are walking, you understand why many people want broadways, not narrow. Carry your cross and follow me. He didn't say follow me with a Land Cruiser. He didn't say follow me with a Range Rover. Carry your cross and follow me. And if you don't carry your cross to follow him, he will take away your land cruiser, take away your Range Rover, take your house away, and give you a cross. And give you a cross. Because he wants to establish the evidence of your faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. You cannot walk with God without faith. If you come to him, you must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. If you doubt him, there is no relationship.
then the performance of your faith matthew 17 20 truly i tell you if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move nothing will be impossible for you <laughs> faith in action i can move mountains the performance of your faith every mountain before you that is not going you are not exercising your faith enough he will not come and move the mountain for you if you are faith as small as the master seed you should say to this mountain move from here and to here and nothing will be impossible nothing will be impossible nothing will be impossible when the lord asked us to come here last year around this time we opened here and we held a service it was all an act of faith it looked very big it looked so big it looked so big the investment was so huge here on the sprinters road even land is so expensive to buy two houses collapse them and he import all these things and come in them. It, it was it was a huge investment the lord said move the lord gave me when to move I said this mountain you will move and here we are here we are so your faith must work it's called the performance of faith it must work if it is there it will work if it is there it will work number one if it is there it will stand the test of time and then if it is there it will work if it is there when you are tried the evidence will show if it is there it will work then the quality of your faith so the evidence of your faith the performance of your faith and the quality of your faith how strong is your faith how strong is your faith in god james 1 verse 3 because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance if your faith is quality when you are tested it will produce something called perseverance what is perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success <laughs> oh when i came to sprinters i was very very hopeful the Lord said that Ghana is my, is my place of abundance. So I came with Moby. Oh, I had a drawing. Five years plan. How within five years, I will build schools and hospitals. I'm still in 20-something years. I've managed to build a school, but not a hospital. It delayed, though. Hey, the first 10 years, we didn't know where to pass, what to do, where to pass, what to do but the testing of your faith will produce perseverance if it is quality if it is quality will produce perseverance <laughs> if it is quality will produce perseverance when it is tested the more we were tested here on the sprinters road 
Sometimes I go to my this thing, take my passport. I still have some visa. Should I run? Or should I stay? Should I run? Or should I... Then I'll put it back and say, I will stay. Perseverance. We kept doing it. See this actual forest video I showed. Me and mommy. Hours. We dropped Kevin. Kevin used to be in East Airport. We dropped Kevin at East Airport um, school and we moved to the Achimota Forest. It was closing around 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. We stayed at Achimota Forest till he closed. They will come and pick him. Then we get home. Just praying, just praying, just praying. Because we have just been in church and only two people came. The testing of our faith. Should we close down the church and find some work to do? Or we should stay? Should we pack our things and go or we should stay? But God tested the quality of our faith. And guess what came out? Perseverance. We persisted in doing the same thing despite the difficulties, despite the delay in achieving success. We persisted and persisted and persisted and persisted. Today, look. If we are clapping, clap where? <laughs> I am telling you, listen, listen, listen. Some of the things that have delayed in your life, eh? God is testing the quality of your faith. God is testing to see whether he can trust you. If God does not see faith in your heart, he cannot trust you. If you don't trust him, he cannot trust you. Your marriage has delayed. He's trying the quality of your faith. Your promotion are delayed. You were expecting to be better than you are today and you don't see it. He's testing the quality of your faith. That is what he's doing. That is what God is doing. That is what he's doing. That is what he's doing. Are you here? We have pastors... We've been in pastoring for over nine years before we came to Spinter's Row. And yet, I couldn't even afford to buy clothes for mommy. Auntie Becky used to be bigger than this. Auntie Becky would bring mommy some of her clothes. Skirt and blouse. Uh, skirt suit. Auntie Becky used to like a lot of skirt suits. They would adjust it. Mommy will wear it and then we put safety pin. You know safety pin? We put it, we hold it. Oh, but I don't keep pictures. I would have shown you some of the pictures. The mommy will be inside. Big! Hey! Is that my wife? Auntie Becky will go to market and when she markets, then she will market some for us. Sometimes Sunday after church, we had no food. And Tibeki would smuggle fufu. Because there was an embargo that she shouldn't bring us fufu again. So she would smuggle fufu. Avo would go beyond the wall. Look at the height of Avo. Collecting, collecting my fufu over the wall. She would collect the fufu like this. And bring it to our house. Before we could eat, after, after I preached, anointing has come. People are falling down. I have to, I have to eat smuggled fufu. And sometimes, sometimes Satan will come and say, 
you are you are immersed. You have messed up, boy. Oh boy, you have messed up. This choice you made was bad. You have messed up, boy. You have messed up, boy. Then I will look at Satan in the face and say, I know whom I have believed. I know the God I have believed. I know the God I have believed. I know the God I have believed. Success is as a result of persistency. Persistency precedes progress. Now, the purpose of trials. The purpose of trials. Number one. Obedience. Obedience. is to test your obedience. It's to test your obedience. It's to test your obedience. It's to test your obedience. When God tries you, he wants to test your obedience. Exodus 16 verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for the day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And see whether they will follow my instructions. So God raised food from heaven. And the food is so plenty. But yet God says don't take plenty. Take a little. And then, and then go and eat. God says I did that. I will let you see food. But I will let you take small. And see whether you will obey my instructions. So that God just blesses us. And causes us to have abundance. And in, in the midst of it. God wants to see whether you will take instructions from him. If God gave you $100,000 and he gave it to you and said, it is tough for you. It is tough for you. It is tough for you. It is for me. I'm still negotiating with God. He's tempting me. God is trying me. I have some money lying somewhere. I want to use it for something. God says, no, I need it. I need it. Go and use it for this for me. Go and use it for this for me. I will eventually give up. I will obey him. He has done that with me all my life. When we're building our first chapel, mommy and I, we worked. We bought iron rods, cement, everything on credit from Monday to Friday. We bought them on credit. And I thought, I had a training organization, Afrilid. So I thought every subject, because if I bring in a lecturer, I will not be able to have enough money. I taught project management. I taught human resource. And I had a diploma in theology. I would research, go and teach it. I had two classes. I would teach. One, this would have an, a conference room at Rana Plaza. I would teach there in the morning. And rush to National Insurance Commission. Where another class was there. I'll, and then whilst I'm going, I'll give this people assignment. And I'll go there and teach there. And give them assignment and run here, come and conclude here, and rush back and go and conclude. And then when I finish, the Kenado will be sitting at the entrance with the boys who have worked. We just will take the money and give to them. Take the money and give to them. Take the money and give to them. God was deliberate. He was testing to see whether I will obey his instructions. At that time, this is several years ago, about 15 years ago, we realized we had spent about 60,000. That, that, that time it was called 600 million or something. We had spent that amount of money. And guess what? One day, when the chapel was our first chapel, actually, this is our third chapel. When one day I went there, I was standing there, and there were a number of uncompleted buildings. The Lord asked me, Do you want them? I said, Yes, Lord. He said, Go and ask the owner. And usually, squatters will not tell you the owner. 
So now I go in there, I ask the owner, the squad, oh, oh, and then they give me the number. I called the person, it was a woman. I said, I want to buy your houses. He said, why are you? She rushed to me and said, listen, I'm in debt. My shop in Makola is closed because my debtors are there waiting for me to come. So they were arresting me. How much do you have? How much do you want to buy it? I said, give me two weeks. I didn't have the money. Oh. I said, give me two weeks. I'll pay you by faith. After two weeks, she came back. I didn't have the money. She said, listen, listen. I know some people who can give you the money. You run training and you get money. I don't run anything. If I take the money, I'm going to pay um, my debtors. So I can't pay the people back. So if you like, let me go and get the money for you. And then you give it to me. The person I was going to buy the property from went and sought for the money. When the money was ready, I didn't even have time to go. I just went to sign a document and left there. And they put the money in their, my account. I did not see the money I used in buying that, those properties. I just signed a check. I gave it to her. Today I have a penthouse. A crab business school is housed there. Ah, faith works. When you obey God. When he gives you instruction that tests your faith. And you obey him. It will work. Told you how one brother came to park a car on our premises and left. I realized later that a man of God told him, told the mother to tell him to go and sow his car to the church. That was the only car he had. Came to sow it and left. Ushers, please watch the children who are pulling the things there. Came, left his car and ran away. It was an instruction and his faith was being tested. He started coming to church on bicycle. Even me, started feeling guilty. I said, God, why have you tested this man like this? Today, he changes cars, builds houses, etc., etc. Just an instruction. Some instruction is to test your faith. Sometimes, eh, the reason why you have been in one place over all these years is because one instruction for the last 10 years, you haven't done it. You haven't done it. God is talking to you. God is instructing you. He's telling you to do something. You are fighting him. You are fighting him. Because there is no evidence of faith. Do you know the second purpose of trial is to know what is in your heart. Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you will keep his command, what is in your heart. A girl was dating a guy. He started very well. But after a few weeks, the guy started borrowing money from the girl. Then he went into months. Every time he would tell a story, get money from the girl. The girl didn't have a problem. She was in love. Was giving. Was giving to the guy. Was in love. Then one day the girl felt, this guy, is it because of my money? But she couldn't tell what was in his heart. She said, I'll test him. Then she did a fictitious dismissal letter which the guy said Charlie I've been dismissed from the job and I haven't saved any money all the money I've been giving it to you 
Look, I was dismissed. What did you do? They say I came to the office late, blah, 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 blah. I've been dismissed. Immediately, the guy's attitude started changing. The girl will call him, he will not pick, will give an excuse, dodge the girl. It was his turn to not give, will dodge the girl. The girl sent him a test and said, Listen, I know what is in your heart now. I know I have tested you, and I know what is in your heart now. I know what is you. You don't love me. You love my money. You love my money. I have not lost my job. I have not lost my house. I have not lost my cars. I have everything intact. What I have lost is a bad man. Sometimes when God tests you and you show God your true colors, God says, I have not lost anybody. I have lost a bad Christian. I have not lost anybody. I have lost a bad church member. God wants to know what is in your heart. God wants to know what is in your heart. Now, sometimes God will test your faith because he wants to go well. He wants your life to go well. He wants you, everything to go well with you. Deuteronomy 8, 16. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness. Something your ancestors had never known. To humble you and to test you so that in, in the end, it might go well with you. When God is testing you, when he brings the storms, he brings the difficulties. When he delays your miracle, delays your marriage, delays your job, delays things in your life, causes loved ones to die, causes, causes you to, say, to, to, to be sick, and all manner of things begin to happen to you. He is not punishing you, but he wants you to pass the test. Now imagine it this way, that Christianity is the school. The main subject you must pass. The core subject, the composite subject is faith. So what will be the purpose of test of faith? It's to promote you. It's to make sure you pass so that you can promote you. I was speaking to my daughter yesterday. So um, we are doing tutorials. Because examination is coming. So what is the purpose of tutorials? Oh, the teachers come and talk to us and show us the areas where we should expect the examination to come from and other things. I say, you know why? Because they want you to pass. No school sets up examination for children to fail. No good teacher will let, set up examination for you to fail. That's why they do tutorials. The Bible is your tutorial. There is no test, there is no temptation that does not have the solution in the Bible. If you are only reading your Bible, you will pass. You will pass. In this examination, your textbook is the Bible. Let me quickly run. Uh, uh, oh, um. Now, to develop perseverance, to develop perseverance. The fourth purpose of trials is to develop perseverance. James chapter 1, the verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And why, why would James write? And these people were facing trials. They were being killed. They were being burnt alive. They were being, um, their heads were being chopped off. Christianity was new. And people could not stand it. And they were fighting it all over. And he said, count it all joy. If you see a neighbor's head is cut off, count it joy. If your husband is killed for the faith, count it joy. Count it all joy. When you face trials of many kinds, 
Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. One way in which God matures you, grows you, builds you up, and grows you is through the trials of your faith. My mother is a very strong woman, tough woman. She, she can stand anything. She can go through so many things. And she has this, this fighting spirit. She wants to live long. The discipline with which she looks as a food and everything. And you know, I always tell my siblings that mama has gone through so much with us. When she was around 30 something, she has seven of us. In Kumase, my father begged. Sometimes we didn't have a place to sleep. So that they would leave us at the tea seller's place and go and look for a place. There's a place in Kumase called, we had a playground, some sort of Wusu Park. We used to spend our afternoons there. Father would go around, beg for money, come and sleep on the vegetable. It was a time where my, my father, we had gotten a place to sleep because my mother has gone to say she was a widow and we were fatherless. And they gave us some small room to stay in Kumase. So my father had to sleep at the railway station. That was my father's bedroom. I remember we'll go there and we'll eat at the railway station. For those who don't know railway station, train station. And we'll eat there, do everything there. Then my father will find a place to bath and sleep on the passenger seat. And I look at my mother and say, this woman has, de has developed perseverance. Perseverance has finished its work in her. She's tough and bold. When my father died, she took over the family. And wanted all of us to go to good schools. My big sister went to uh, Ghana National College. She should have, we should have even gone to school at all. With Ghana National College, I went to Aquinas. Uh, my junior sister, um, um, Prisla, went to um, Chevy Secondary School. Eh? And then, I took Wapama or so, one of them. And then, Abigail Kufuriga. And you see, she was always taking us to boarding schools. And the money was not there, but she was tough, strong, because perseverance has matured her. When my sister died, people called me and said, How is Mama taking it? I said, This woman, she will survive it. You guys should worry about yourself. We are more pained than she is. Say, This woman will survive it. Because what she has seen, the things she has passed through. The guns will say, Ekpili. I love Mali. Then I can call her. Ekpili. <laughs> what, Pili? <laughs> okay, let me conclude by sharing with you the instruments of test. So what has God used to test you? What has he used to test you? One, people. Judges 3, 1 to 4. People, people. These are the nations the Lord left to test all the Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars. In Cana. Okay, so one, and then you, we, we jump to four. They were left there to test the Israel to see whether they will obey the Lord's command, which have given the, their ancestors through Moses. So sometimes, see, God will leave people in your life to test you. 
you'll be in the department of the church. You are made to a leader of the department. Some stubborn people will be there. They will fight your decisions. They will do everything to test you. Even we pastors, we are congregation members that God uses to test us. God will use your children to test you, your wife to test you, your husband to test you. Whatever people will be used to test you, your boss to test you. You will find a difficult boss who is threatening you, who will say that I want to sleep with you or else I will sack you. I want to sleep with you or else you will lose your job. Whether you will give you or not, God will use it to test you. And what will I do? If he starts me, what will I eat? What will I eat? So I made him do one. And then after that, I thought he would stop. But he wants another one. Nonsense girl. Maka, <laughs> maka. This one me. Eight, one, two, three. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today. God uses hardship. Sometimes he uses hardship to tell us, to tempt us. So that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised and owes to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart. Whether or not you will keep his command. He humbled you, causing you. Okay, let me end here. I'll continue this next week. I don't want to rush where I've got into. I want to look at the instrument of your test. I'll do it next year. Hey, this is next year. Next week. Next week, I'll do it. But may the Lord bless his word. Rise up and pray that Lord, please give me faith, strengthen my faith, help me to grow. We'll continue next week. Strengthen my faith, Lord. Strengthen my faith, Lord. Help me to believe in you. Help me to believe in your existence. Help me, Lord. 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 Lift up your voice and ask me. Jesus, the Son of God, I believe in you. I believe in you. Jesus, the Son of God, I believe in you. I believe Father, we want to thank you and bless you for your word. Let the entrance of your word give life and give understanding to the simple. We thank you, Lord. In your name we have prayed. Amen.